0: This message is from Grace Church, located in Frisco, a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. The Grace Church website is gracechurchfrisco.org. Rob Tombrella is a pastor at Grace Church and the speaker on this message. Well, welcome to Grace Church. If you haven't already, grab a seat. My name is Rob. If we've never met, Merry Christmas. So, thank you. I feel that. Uh, what a great season, and if you're new with us, man, thank you for taking a Sunday out of your busy Christmas season and spending it uh, with us. So we want to say thank you and, and welcome. We, uh, we've been in a series, but we're taking a break from that, and we're talking about Christmas here today specifically. And I hope you're having some time with family over the Christmas break. I hope things are winding down. Maybe some of you still have to do a lot of Christmas shopping. i got a couple of things on my list. But for the most part, things are winding down, and when things wind down, we enjoy Christmas movies. How many of you guys enjoy Christmas movies this time of year? And as a family, we do. We just love to enjoy our regular Christmas movies. And we'll even debate what our favorite Christmas movie moments uh, are. And one of our favorite, as a family, Christmas movie moments, right up there with the Scott Farkas affair, if you know what I'm talking about, is, uh, is Charlie Brown. And this moment when Charlie Brown, in just utter desperation and anxiety and doesn't know what's going on and despairing, just, just to the sky, says, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And, and Linus says, you remember the story, Linus says, sure, Charlie Brown, I'll tell you what Christmas is all about. He dims the lights, and he recites uh, Luke chapter 2. And I'm not going to recite it, but we're going to look at it together. This is the Linus text, Luke chapter 2, in verses 8 through 20. It's on page 500 in the seat in front of you Uh, if you want to look at it from a physical copy. If you don't have a Bible, that's a gift from us to you. But the words are going to be up here on the screen if you don't want to look uh, off off a paperback. It's just going to be right up here on the screen for you. And I hope what we see here today in this story are, are, are really three specific things. Number one, the Christmas story begins with great fear and then moves from great fear to great joy. And then moves from great joy to great purpose. Great fear, great joy, great purpose. Let's open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit and invite his presence as we dive into God's word. Holy Spirit, we come to you now and we offer our lives to you. And we ask that you would speak to us. We've prayed this before, but we pray again now. We're, we're listening to you. Speak to us. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, first, let's look at great fear. It's a weird place to start a Christmas story, but that's how this story starts. Look at verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, we don't know The shepherds' names were not actually given their names at at any point in this story. They're just out in a field doing their thing that they do every single day of their lives. Here's what we do know about shepherds. Shepherds were at the bottom of the scale of power and privilege. Their reputation was that they were dirty. Their reputation was that they were uneducated. And their reputation was that they were dishonest. Like they didn't always keep accurate numbers of their sheep. And uh, that was their reputation. The rabbis considered them to be a religious outcasts, and their testimony was not admissible in court. That's how people viewed them. One passage in the Mishnah describes shepherds as incompetent, and another passage says that you should never feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who has fallen into a pit. So you've got to have a really... Surly reputation, a really bad reputation that you're falling into a pit and no, don't rescue that guy because he's a shepherd and they're considered dishonest and dirty and they're at the bottom of the the system. And it's to these shepherds, verse 9 says, that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory shines and they're filled with great fear. That word great fear is important to us because it literally means that they were overcome, they were filled up and even overflowing with great fear or terror, you could say. They were overcome with terror. They were, they were terrorized in this moment. And we sh- could all ask the question, what in the world is so terrifying about what's happening to the shepherds? Well, here's what's so terrifying. An angel of the Lord has appeared. Now, an angel of the Lord is a powerful, created messenger ...of Almighty God. That's what the Lord means when you see it up there. Angel of the Lord, glory of the Lord. That's God Almighty, the uncreated, eternal, all-powerful God. And this is his messenger, one of his messengers. And whenever God sends a messenger, an angel, they are sent to direct God's people. They are sent to protect God's people... And in some cases, they were sent to bring judgment. And you never really knew what you were going to get whenever an angel showed up. Uh, And that's why it was always terrifying. Sometimes they appeared in dreams. In the case of Joseph in the Christmas story, an angel angel of the Lord appears in a dream to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of a directive that the angel gives. And then sometimes they appear physically. The angel Gabriel appeared physically physically to Zechariah and Mary, and in both situations, the first thing the angel has to say is, don't be afraid, because it's a terrifying experience. And verse 9 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, which literally means it, it came upon, it suddenly stood before them, it sort of snuck up on them. I'm the kind of guy that I don't like anybody to sneak up on me. I don't like jump scares in movies, I don't like people to sneak up on me much less an angel of Almighty God. And that's just how they showed up. They, unannounced, unprepared, you didn't know what was going to happen, and boom, shum, there, there's an angel of the Lord appearing, coming upon, sneaking up upon them. And so, certainly, we can respect the fact that they're terrified because of the suddenness that the angel appears, but that's not ultimately what's terrifying them. What's terrifying them is the next line, and the glory of the Lord shown around them. Now, when you see the glory of the Lord, here's what that means the glory is the visible display of God's inner character. The Bible describes God's inner life, his the essence of who he is as so clean and holy and pure and beautiful. That when he chooses to display it physically, it shines in heaven. It shines constantly in heaven. And it's this bright light that surrounds God. And the images that the Bible writers have, sometimes it looks like a cloud, sometimes it appears like a burning fire. But in every case that people see the glory of God, they they see it optically. They see it with their eyes, but they experience it internally. It's, It's both seen and felt. It is an experience, this glory of God. And we're told in the Bible that angels experience the shining glory of God nonstop, day and night, never stops. Isaiah, the old prophet gave an eyewitness account of the time that he encountered the shining glory of God. He wrote about it in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, "In the in the year that king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, that's angels. Each had six wings, with two he covered his, feet, his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one angel called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the whole house was filled with smoke. So Isaiah experiences and sees the smoke and the, the, the foundation shaking, and one voice calling out to another Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of His glory. And the other angel, hearing that, responds back to the first angel and says Holy, 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 the whole earth is full of His glory. And then the other person responds back and on and on and on. And that's what Isaiah is, is taking in. And when he experiences this glory, he has a surprising response. He says, woe to me. Woe to me. I am ruined for I'm a sinful man and I have unclean lips And I live among a people of unclean lips. He says, I'm I'm doomed. My life is over. I'm a dead man. I've just encountered the glory of Almighty God. And I'm overcome with terror. The reason he's overcome with terror is the same reason that the shepherds were overcome with fear. Because sinners fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't come into the glory. We can't come near the glory. We can't can't approach the glory. We can't let the glory approach us without, without us being aware of our sinfulness and how far we fall short of God's cleanliness and his purity and his goodness and his beauty because we are people with unclean lips and we live among a people with unclean lips. We can't come into the glory we need somebody to bring us into the glory somebody on the outside of us to bring us into the glory because we can't stand there on our own and the shepherds are experiencing that it's, it's a terrifying experience and that leads us to great joy because the angel has good news to tell these frightened shepherds look at verse 10 the angel said to them fear not First words of an angel, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angel says, listen up, lean into this. I know you're terrified, and can we appreciate that this angel intuitively is aware of their great fear and wants them to experience something else? And so this angel says, Lean into this. That's what behold means. Lean in. Listen up. If you've not listened to anything up to this point, listen to this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. angel could have said, I bring you good news that's going to be for all the people. Would have been enough. But the angel, intuitively aware of how they're experiencing fear, wants something to overcome their emotions right now. And he wants them to experience joy, not just any joy. The angel says, When I tell you what I'm about to say, it should cause and stir something deep down in there somewhere. No matter what's going on in your life, something deep down should be stirred, and that should be great joy. You may be going through a a tremendous ordeal in your life right now. You may be going through a, a confusing moment in your life right now. But what the angel is about to announce should somewhere deep down there, even in the midst of the darkness, stir up in you an experience unique that only God can give, and that is great joy deep down in our souls and our spirit. Well, that's got to be some good news, right? This has got to be good because, I mean, come on, this is this is quite a setup that the angel gives. Well, the angel delivers. Look at verse eleven. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Every one of those words is important. The angel says, For unto you, angels are very aware that salvation is not unto them. Yes, they're caught up in the story. They're caught up in the drama. They benefit too. But the eternal Son of God did not become an angel to rescue angels when they fell The eternal Son of God becomes a human to rescue humans when they fell. And they are amazed at this. The angel says, for unto you. This is for you. This is a gift for you. And this is to be for all the people around you. Everybody should hear this good news. For this day is born in the city of David. Three words. A Savior. That means rescuer. A Savior who is Christ That means the long awaited Messiah. That's not Jesus' last name. That means the long awaited Messiah that they had waited hundreds of years for a new Joshua that was going to bring about justice and deliver them from the oppression of Rome. Here's a Savior. Here's a Christ who's born in the city of David. But catch this wait for this. This is the kicker of the whole thing. Who is the Lord? Who is Almighty God? The angel from heaven is announcing that the Savior Messiah, the long-awaited Savior, is born in Bethlehem. But what you weren't aware of, what you never saw coming, is that this Savior Messiah is God himself. And verse 12 says, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Almighty God is a human human baby and he's wrapped up. He's lying in a manger. You can pick him up. You can hold him. You can smell him. You can look upon him. What the angel announces in short form, is filled out later in the church at the Nicene Creed. The people of God have to get together on this topic. Fully God, fully man. How do we think about this? They came up with the Nicene Creed, one of the best creeds on this topic. And it says this, light of light, true God of true God, begotten Not made, hear that, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, by whom all things came into being. This is He who for us humans and our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary and became human. God Almighty, the uncreated, all-eternal, Holy God, taking on humanity. Max Lucado, in his book, God Came Near, says it this way. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, divinity arrived. Heaven opened up herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. And he who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. It's breathtaking, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It's shocking. If it wasn't true, it'd be blasphemous. Well, as soon as this one angel announces the good news, which is the gospel, verse 13 says another sudden thing happens. I mean, as if this isn't enough, here's what happens in verse 13. Suddenly there was with the angel, the one angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased now a host is an army of thousands so it's not like six or seven other huge angelic beings descended on the field or tens or hundreds but thousands of angels show up on the field in this one moment to these shepherds and they come singing and they come praising and they come in unison as all good armies come. They come in unison saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They hear every word of that. It's like they couldn't wait. They were just standing on the edge of their seat that as soon as this, here's the cue, as soon as this one angel announces the good news gospel, we're going to show up. We're going to show up on this field, and we're going to praise, and we're going to sing this announcement. And these, the only people we're going to hear are these little shepherds, these frightened shepherds. They're the, they're the audience for today. There's going to be a bigger audience another day, but today it's the shepherds. And so an army shows up, the army of God. That's what the Lord of hosts has. He's an army of angelic beings, shows up to sing a song and to let these shepherds in on what they are amazed by And notice what this army is announcing. The army is announcing peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. On earth, peace. That's an amazing thing. When an army announces peace, when an army, the greatest army in the universe, sings about peace, we should lean in on that because we need peace. All of us in this room need peace. No matter what you're going through, you need peace. And the biggest thing the Bible says is that we need peace with God. On earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Notice that that peace is qualified by those with whom He is pleased. A great question Linus doesn't have time to go into at the story, is, how do we know that we please God? So that we can get in on peace. How can we have peace with God? How can we know that we please God? So that we can experience this if it's true that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we can't enter into the glory, if we can't go there on our own, how can we have peace with God? Well, thankfully, the Apostle Paul, after he said all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, says in the very next verse, "...and are justified." That's a clue to peace and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul says there is peace through Jesus Christ and this peace comes to us by grace as a gift. And it's in that word justified that we can come into the glory of God, that we can approach the glory of God, even though we fall short of the glory of God. He says in Romans 5, justification has everything to do with peace peace with God. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how peace comes it comes when we are declared at peace with God, which is justification. No No more enmity with God. That's what justification means. You are one with God, you're reconciled to God, you are now friends with God. God is your Father. You now know God, and that's what has to come if we want peace. So Paul said justification or peace with God comes through Jesus Christ, who is a gift. Jesus is the gift of Christmas, and this gift is received by faith. Now, a gift, you'll give all gifts. Everybody's gonna give a gift and receive a gift at Christmas time. A gift, let me remind you, is free. You don't earn a gift. It's a free gift. That's what a gift is. By definition, it's, a, it's free. And it's undeserved. If I give you a gift at Christmas time and you say, okay, let me go work for it, you just devalued the gift. It was a gift. And it's unearned. And a gift is received by the open hands of faith. That's how we receive any gift is by opening up our hands. In some cases, letting go of something and opening up our hands. And really, that's a picture of repentance. Repentance would be a picture of letting go of something that you're holding on to that doesn't give life and doesn't bring you into the glory of God. And opening up your hands, open hands of faith, and saying, yes, I'll receive this gift. And maybe you're here today. and You've never received this gift. And you say, where do I start? That's where you start. The heart is. Should o- you should open up your heart with, like, open hands to Jesus and say, yes, I want to receive this gift, and I want to receive peace in my life. I want to receive a, a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, made available through the cross and resurrection. And I open up my heart, just like I open up my hands this Christmas season, and I receive gifts. I receive the gift of Jesus. Just for fun, to demonstrate receiving gifts. Does anybody need a last-minute stocking stuffer? I have four Charming Charlie gift cards worth $25 each. Uh, Ladies, I just need you to boldly come up here, or guys in some cases, and receive freely this undeserved gift with the open hands of faith. There you go. One, two. Nobody from this side? Three. I have one more. Four. Sorry, Edward. Let's give it up for these guys. Some of you wanted wanted to run up here, but something held you back, right? It takes boldness and courage to step up and say, yes, same with Jesus. you got to receive him with boldness and say, here I am, Lord, as I am. I receive you with the open hands of faith. Well, let's see where the story, how the story ends. So great fear, great joy, but notice it ends with great purpose. These shepherds are given an amazing purpose in verse 15. When the angel The angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, "Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us." So maybe the shepherds weren't the brightest guys on the block that they have to have a a quorum. They have to kind of get together on this decision, like. Like Isn't it obvious what you're going to do? But they have a discussion. They say, let's go. Let's do this. Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has made known. And in verse 16 it says, they went with haste. They dropped everything that they were doing and they found Mary and Joseph. And notice the baby lying in a manger just like the angel said. You can trust God's word. They trusted God They took God at his word through the voice of the angel and they found the sign that the angel said that they would find. Verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now you'll remember, an angel has already appeared to Mary, and angels already appeared to Joseph. You could ask, well, why, why would an angel show up to these shepherds? Why don't they just reappear to Mary and Joseph? Because they had experienced an angel already. I believe that God wanted to encourage Mary and Joseph in their moment of need, in their moment of fear, in their moments of confusion. Because we can reinterpret things that happened to us in the past. And grace that happened 10 days ago isn't necessarily the grace that we need today. And on this day, they needed encouragement. And on this day, the shepherds showed up and told them the story of what had happened. And it kept them going and kept them moving down the path that God had for them. Max Locato said, were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. They, They show up to, to throw a little party. This is, the, this is the reception that they get at the birth of Jesus. They, they come to throw a little party. And they don't have anything to offer but this story and their lives. And they, they share it all. And Mary is encouraged. He treasures these things up. And Joseph is encouraged. And really, what happens when you receive the gospel, when you receive Christ, you have been entered into a ministry of encouragement. That now you and I are called to, to, to share the good news. Of great joy that will be for all the people. That peace is available. And, and being be pleasing God, knowing that I please God is now available to all. And that's what the shepherds are pulled and caught up into this ministry of encouragement. So they encourage Mary and Joseph. And then, verse 20 says, they returned. They weren't given a new zip code, a new location. They weren't given a new ministry or new job. These shepherds go back to where they started. They returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. So they go back to where they were before, but they don't go back the same, do they? They never go back the same when you encounter the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, when you encounter the love of God through Jesus and you begin that journey with him, joy has found you and joy will follow you and you're never the same ever again. And if you know Jesus today, you've been given a great purpose to spread this good news of great joy. To hear it over and over again because listen, we need We need this good news and this great joy today. We need this peace, all of us here today. I think that's a great way to to move into this time of singing is to open up our hearts and say, Lord, I need more of this peace, and I need more of this joy. Let's pray together. You've been listening to a message from Grace Church. For more information, visit our website or write us at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org.